Welcome to the Dieter Melhorn Fishing Podcast. Whether you like to fish, enjoy talking about fishing, or just enjoy the fishing lifestyle, this is the podcast for you. So go grab yourself a cold drink or a hot cup of coffee, sit back, start tying up some fishing rigs, and enjoy the show. Well, hello folks, and welcome to the Dieter Melhorn Fishing Podcast. I hope you have a good day, whatever day it is that you happen to be listening to the show. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. I appreciate you uh, listening to the show. And uh, for any of you folks that are new, uh, you may have just found it, stumbled across it. Welcome. Uh, I do these, uh, I'm trying to get on a better schedule. Usually it's about two a month. I was on a streak of doing them about once a week, which is what I like to be doing. Um and I also do a video version of a lot of them, especially the ones where I have guests. Uh, this one is an audio only, but I'll do a video version on my YouTube channel. That's kind of what uh, this podcast spun off of was my fishing channel that is on YouTube, uh, Dieter Melhorn Fishing. And I uh, decided to start doing a podcast just to reach uh, a different group of people. And I got a lot of feedback that people like to listening to listen to the YouTube videos. I know I do that driving down the road. I do that a lot and uh, I will just listen. So decided to do a podcast and then started doing the video version. And anyway, I've got all kinds of stuff out there. So I appreciate you guys uh, checking it out. I love to get feedback from you. Actually, today's topic uh, talking about spawn is based on a question. I got an email from somebody. So if you want to email me, go to my website, DieterMelhornFishing.com. And send me an email. There's a contact section on there. There's a link. You can send me an uh, email with a question, idea, feedback, anything you want to do. There's also links to my YouTube channel if you need to find it. Also links to my guide business that I do here in the Carolinas. I'm actually a uh, licensed captain here in the Carolinas. And we do guided fishing trips on the Catawba River chain of lakes and some other places. Uh, ventured down into Santee Cooper Sound. So, um but yeah, today I was just going to talk about some stuff. Somebody asked me about the spawn. Once, once the spawn, what goes on with the spawn? How does this spawn affect that and all this? So basically, we'll go over this in very basic terms because i got a wide range of people that uh, of, of, of varying levels of knowledge on this stuff. And uh, my knowledge of a lot of this stuff is varying too. I'm no genius on it. I just know basically what I've seen and learn from being around the water for so long um springtime basically is when fish spawn uh, pretty much and i'm talking freshwater fish most saltwater fish do too i'm sure there are other times of the year when fish probably spawn but generally speaking spring is spawn time and uh a lot of it is, for the different species of fish is a is always equated to water temperature you will always hear that whatever fish spawns at 68 degrees 70 degrees 75 whatever and to a certain extent that's true it's a good little gauge it's a good little barometer but the biggest thing that determines when fish spawn is the amount of daylight there has to be a certain amount of daylight photo period is the thing that doesn't change year to year water temperatures change uh, depending on what is going on with the weather if you have unseasonably warm weather you could see what they call spawning temperatures for catfish 70 degrees, 75 degrees in March. It's entirely possible. You could see those temperatures in a hot water discharge from a power plant somewhere. So catfish aren't triggered by temperature alone. 
there has to be a certain amount of daylight because that amount of daylight does not vary uh, no matter what the weather's doing. So that's kind of their real key, their real trip of the trigger. And then the water comes into play with that. Uh, and I say all that to say that just because the temperature hits a certain mark doesn't mean that the fish are going to spawn. And if the water does not hit a certain temperature, it doesn't mean that they're not going to spawn. Uh, there are some places, uh, especially in some of the northern parts of the U.S., where, you know, especially for channel catfish uh, that are big channel catfish uh, rivers, that water temperature never gets like super duper warm until very late in the summer, but the fish are already spawning. So the reason I, I, I say all this is to just keep that in mind when you're out there fishing and trying to dial in the spawn. Now, the thing with the spawn with fishing for catfish versus like people who fish for bass or fish for crappie is if you're bass fishing, uh, spawning is a great time where a lot of bass fishermen like to go, you know, fish the banks, look for bass on beds and try to sight fish these fish that are up on these beds, uh, casting to them uh, jigs, trying to basically aggravate them and get them to hit a bait. You can see them. You can fish them. They don't always bite it. It's fun, exciting kind of fishing. Uh, crappie fishermen will fish for fish that are moving toward the bank. They go toward the bank to spawn, and they can be concentrated in those areas, and they will feed. You can catch them uh, moving up into these shallow areas, catching these fish under bobbers with uh, minnows and jigs and that kind of thing. And it's a very good time to target these fish. Um the opposite is kind of true with the catfish. Uh, when catfish kind of go into spawn mode, uh, it becomes tough to catch them. We have a period that usually happens end of May to basically through June. It's just kind of the, the saying you don't fish for big catfish Memorial Day until July 4th because that time window somewhere in there, is when these fish are in the middle of their spawn and they're horribly inactive uh, as far as feeding goes. Um, you can still catch them. They're still around, but you don't get the good bite that you get right before they start spawning. And uh, for the airing of this podcast, that would be this time of the year. This podcast is going to air in May. And this is generally like the pre-spawn time period when it starts to peak and ramp up. So it could be a bad time. So people want to know, when are they going to spawn? When's spawn going on? Uh, generally speaking, you're into the danger zone Memorial Day to July 4th. Uh, you know, you got some time period on either side. A couple of years ago, I was running guide trips. Uh, and on Father's Day, which I think is the first weekend in June, we were killing the fish. I mean, catching them like crazy. And uh, it usually happens every year. Uh, the, the bite will get really good around one of these time periods. I will think I'm king of the world. I will think I have cracked the code. I will think that the spawn already happened and I missed it. And I'm just, you know, got it all dialed in. And then literally within a 48 hour period, the bite will go away. Everything that was working will stop. Uh, it's like the fish disappear and you start covering water, beating your head into the wall, trying to figure out what's going on. And, you just can't make any sense of it. It just doesn't work. What do you do? I mean, you keep on fishing. Uh, if you're like me, you try to find some of those fish that are done, some of those fish that uh, spawned early. Because one thing with the spawn, folks, is it doesn't all happen at one time. Every fish doesn't spawn at the exact same time. That's nature's way of uh, 
kind of uh, protecting uh, the young. If they all spawned at one time, it would become a feeding frenzy. You would have a whole bunch of little fish in there uh, that are vulnerable, and fish could just come in and boom, 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 eat them, and they all be gone. Um, the spawn is spread out. Now, there's a high concentration for all species to where it kind of concentrates into a window of, I don't know, maybe a week, 10 days to where, you know, a majority of it happens. But it's pretty much true like that in nature. Stuff just kind of happens in these spurts uh, outside of like insects and stuff like that to do mass hatchings and stuff like that. But the other thing about the catfish spawn that I think makes it worse and makes it more frustrating for a lot of parts of the country is that a lot of times this peak spawning time, this time when this uh, all this stuff is happening, coincides with the hatch of mayflies. Any of you folks that have mayflies hatching around your waterways, uh, it's those little, uh, they're actually waterborne insects that come up. Their uh, larva comes up through the water column, uh, hatches on top of the water, and they start flying. And these things come up in swarms of millions. Uh, it creates a feeding frenzy and a feeding opportunity for a lot of different fish uh, small fish will feed on them bigger fish will feed on the fish that's eating them bigger fish will feed on mayflies it's just crazy so it can make it, it it compounds the trouble that you have trying to catch catfish uh you know during that spawning period so uh another thing to keep in mind when you're trying to dial in what's going on with the spawn uh you know you're gonna have some changes in a particular waterway too um it doesn't all happen at the same time in one lake from one end to another or in a river from one end to another for whatever reason i guess it's nature's way again of protecting the young is to this stuff can happen scattered out in different places you can have places where fish may still be active so that's kind of the heads up to keep in mind uh when you're wanting to go out fishing for these fish here especially coming toward the end of may uh, going into uh, June, it's just a uh, it's a good time to go on vacation with the family to the beach uh, or, or to the mountains or wherever you want to go to. But it can be tough fishing, so you guys keep that in mind that are getting out there. The bad thing is it coincides with like kids getting out of school and you know families going on vacation and and you know going out and doing stuff with the family the weather's getting warmer it's getting to be a good time to get out and you go fishing and it's like man you're getting your teeth kicked in you can't catch any fish so part of the reason i, I wanted to do this little podcast is just to give you a heads up that that time is coming it's inevitable it's going to happen uh the cool thing is the channels the blues and the flatheads don't always, or they don't spawn specifically the exact same time, but some of their spawning can overlap. Um, the flatheads seem to be the last ones to really get back into feeding mode, uh, at least where I'm at. That may vary depending on where you're at and whether you got blues and channel cats in the waters that you're fishing. But uh, the cool thing is, is that there's generally an opportunity to catch something when you're out there fishing. Um, as they go through their different phases of all this stuff. Now, some of you may wonder, hey, is there a way to target these fish during while they're spawning, when they're on these beds, these nests, uh, like guys would do bass fishing or crappie fishing? Uh, is there a way to target them? And to a certain extent, there is. Um, there's a lot of talk, ideas, uh, uh, just theories 
on where catfish spawn, and it varies greatly depending on what type of body of water you've got. If you're fishing on a river, it's a totally different dynamic than fishing in a lake. If you're fishing in a new lake, it's a totally different dynamic than fishing in a lake like one of the ones that I fished that's almost 100 years old. So and what I mean by that is there's the bottom structure where these fish spawn is greatly different in all these different bodies of water. Because if you read any of the publications, the literature out there, they talk about these fish, you know, going into stump holes and holes eat out in the bank and different crevices and rock piles and all that. Well, here's the thing, folks. Some places just don't have that. Uh, The lake I fish on is almost 100 years old. It's actually over 100 years old. Uh, A lot of that stuff, uh, stumps have rotted away. Uh, Stump holes have been silted in. A lot of the bottom is relatively smooth. Uh, so it, it doesn't have any of that stuff. A river is a different story. You'll have areas and pockets that this stuff can go into, that they could go into. Catfish don't necessarily go shallow uh, like other fish. Uh, I've done some videos and shown some stuff of what appears to be big, round, uh, crater-looking indentions in the bottom of the lake that I fish and some other lakes. And you can see them on side scan, on your structure scan. I uh, can't really see them on traditional sonar. You need some kind of side scan, structure scan to see it. But they look like craters. And these things will be scattered out over a big area. Uh, they're not everywhere, but there are certain areas where there seem to be more of them. Uh, and they're in deep water. These look like what a bass bed would look like. Anybody seen a bass bed? You know kind of how big it is. It's about the size of the fish. It's a fanned out area where you use their tail to move stuff out of there and the eggs are laid, they're fertilized, they're protected until they hatch and take off. Same thing that bluegill do. If you go into the back of a cove, you'll find bluegill beds back there. Uh, you know, time of the year, May, uh, first full moon in May. That's what the old timers always say. That's when the bluegill are on the bed. You'll see those beds. We've seen these things in relatively deep water. Uh, and... As far as what they are, they look like some type of a bed, a uh, tr- traditional fish bed. You can see fish sitting in them with the structure scan, sizable fish, two, three, four feet long fish in these things because you can use the tools in there to measure how big they are. Uh, are they best for catfish? Could be. Um, they're, you know, it's a sizable fish. So it, in our lakes, it's either a catfish, a gar, or a carp. Uh, carp generally go into shallow water up in the grassy areas, uh, and that's where they do their business. Gar, I really don't have any information on. I don't know where they do their spawning. I don't know what is involved in their world. Could be them, could be catfish. The bottom line is there's some sizable beds in these areas, sizable things that look like beds. And my theory is it could be catfish. Um, These fish, uh, I do know this, a lot of the small fry, the ones that are about the size of your pinky finger, late summer into fall, you will find these fish in the deepest part of our lakes. They will be in 60, 70 feet of water. You'll see a little black line. And the reason I know is we have chunked nets down there. And there ain't a whole lot of net left open when it gets that deep. But you can come up with some fish occasionally. And they'll get basically get their fins caught into your net. And that's what they are. They're little bitty fish. I don't know why they go there to that deep water. But my whole point is, is that for whatever reason... Some of these fish orient toward deeper water. So 
Again, this varies greatly depending on the body of water that you're in and where you're at and whether you're fishing in a river, whether you're fishing in a lake, new lake, old lake, what the bottom structure is. But back to the whole point of targeting these fish, I have fished these areas. I've tried that before, and I've tried dragging baits through these areas. Uh, like I said, they're not big a lot of times, and you basically have to drag it, go back, reset, come back into it. And... Uh, I've had success doing it. I've caught fish doing that. Um, I think as technology gets better and better, especially now that we have some of the live scope uh, type sonar on boats, uh, there are going to be some people that will be able to specifically target some of these fish using those electronics because it will become a almost like a video game to where you'll be able to drop your bait, see your bait going down there, move it around in front of a fish, uh, and see how the fish reacts to it and see wh whether it's worth pursuing that fish and aggravating it and trying to get it to bite. Just like they do with bass. Same thing they do with spawning bass that are in the bed. So, uh, so yes, I think it can be done. Um, I think it takes some work. I think it takes some commitment. And uh, I, I think it takes some dedication to do it. I don't think you're going to catch massive numbers of doing it. I do not see myself going out on a guide trip and trying to get people to do this. But... For somebody who may be fishing a tournament during that time period, and these fish are very inactive, uh, if they have the ability and the patience and the angling skill to be able to do that, I think you can get some of these fish to commit. Now, that brings up the question, is it a good thing to do? And that's been brought up in the bass fishing world uh, before. You know, Is it good to catch these fish, pull them off of the bed, and possibly mess up the spawning process for our own enjoyment uh it's one of my biggest issues that i have with the people who do the hand grabbing noodling hillbilly hand fishing stuff that are pulling spawning flatheads off of a nest uh so they can either eat them or take their picture with them all this stuff is done when these fish are spawning and uh you know i don't think it's a good idea i think it'd be cool if we could leave them alone during that period and if some happen to be out actively feeding great uh, but it's probably not best for the species and the sport to really disturb these fish and try to target them. I actually really don't focus on learning to do that. Um, you know, it's perfectly legal. You can do it if you so choose, but I just choose to pursue the fish that are hungry and eating and are either coming to anchored baits or that I'm hitting when I'm dragging baits over a big area. So, uh, you know, there's always the question what we do as far as ethics go. Some people care about it. Some people don't. Um, but it's good to at least think about and trying to think about what your impact is on, you know, the resource out there because it's uh, not endless. Uh, it's not uh, here forever. Uh, it's not a unlimited supply. So we need to be good stewards of that resource and, do what's right. Do what's smart. Uh, it's kind of cool when we do what's right and do what's smart without having to be told by the government uh, that we're supposed to do it. And uh, if more people would do that, would have less laws and less restrictions, and you wouldn't need an attorney to figure out what you can do and can't do in a new state when you go fishing because some of the laws get complicated, uh, but they're there for a reason. They're, most laws are based on science and, uh, you know, biology and fishery science and all that kind of stuff. So uh, there's a reason for it. But I digress. That's a whole other podcast worth of stuff uh, that I do plan to get into later this year. So, uh, 
But yeah, the spawn uh, will be upon us, and you will be dealing with it. You will be dealing with the ups and downs, and the good points and the bad points of it. Uh, but it don't. It doesn't last forever, and uh, it will go into the later part of the summer with some good fishing. You'll be uh, once you get past that July Fourth uh, time period, and I say July Fourth. Don't feel like you can't go fishing until July Fourth. Sometimes this can, especially if it starts early, it can end early. Uh, so you know. Get out there and fish. There's always going to be some fish biting somewhere. It'll get bad, bad, and then it'll slowly start to get better and better until you get into that uh, midsummer bite that is fairly predictable and really good for you folks that like to night fish. Uh, night fishing gets really good uh, in the summer. It's one of the better times to night fish. Uh, just from a scientific research standpoint, fish uh, catfish do actually show more movement at nighttime in the summer. Uh, not so much in the winter, they become somewhat dormant, but, uh, in the summertime, that's the time to be out there at night and not just because catfish do move pretty good at night, but it's a lot more pleasurable to be out there, especially with the heat and especially with the boat traffic more than anything. That's the thing, um, I'm not looking forward to. I'm taping this podcast on a Friday night. I've got a guide trip tomorrow. It's starting to warm up and, uh, it's probably going to be a miserable day out there as far as boat traffic by about 10 30 or 11. So, uh, but Hey, it's summer. We all share the waters. We have to kind of suck it up and tolerate it. Uh, fall will be here soon enough, and then you'll have fall and winter, and you'll have the waters back. At least some of us will. Some of you guys that listen to this stuff up north, uh, I had some people on the boat today on a guide trip uh, from New York, and they were talking about 39, 40-degree mornings, and the ice is finally gone, and uh, you know, the, you're know you into ice fishing. So we get to fish all year long. We're kind of blessed in being able to do that. But uh yeah, it's not that way everywhere, and uh, that's another thing to keep in mind with the spawn. It's going to vary greatly from place to place, so uh, this is uh, it's hard to slap a tag or a sticker on everything everywhere, uh, but those are kind of some parameters to think about, some stuff to keep in mind, and uh, some stuff to kind of give you a little perspective as you get out there and start chasing these fish, so... Hopefully, gives you some good insight. Hopefully, you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, consider following the channel, subscribing to it. Check out the YouTube channel. Consider subscribing to it. And uh, until next time, we'll catch you out on the water.